became a cult now it's time The Babysitter's Club Tell me what you think about this as a concept I just came up with. Okay. And I, it, there's a reason I came up with it. It's because you and I have recorded now three podcasts in... Two days. Yeah, the better part I of did an extra one. Two days, too, and you did an fourth. extra one. Yeah. Um, it's the Katie Lang song. Which one? Constant Craving, but instead uh, it's, yeah. it's Content Craving. Content <laughs> Craving is all... That's good. What do you think? I like it. I'm, yeah. I will say this about myself. Personally, <laughs> I am not craving any more content. Okay. I could, I, you know what I am craving? What? Uh, relaxing night. Okay. TV. It doesn't really fit in the song. What about relaxing content cramming? Night. Content cramming is also not <laughs> what I desire, but it, it is yeah. happening. It's happening. <laughs> Whether I like it or not. Yeah. Jack, look, yeah. um, how much preamble do we want to give here? Because yeah. we're here under sort of... Uh, the world, the time has forced yeah. our hands, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and we're sort of being compelled to do this. We well, were... we're not. We're doing. We're going above and beyond in the in this way. You and I are technically still on a, a schedule where we're only releasing our podcast every other week. We never right. told anyone that we had stopped. We that. told Baby Nation. We never told oh, them that, that we, had, we stopped. had stopped that. Right. But I think you and I both felt discomfort with not having constant content as as Katie Lang says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and also our advertisers were pretty upset with us. <laughs> yeah, that too. They were like, hey, looking forward to hearing the BetterHelp ad on yeah. Monday. And we're like, oh, we don't have an episode on Monday. Yeah. And they're like, what? <laughs> Can you get an episode up on Monday? <laughs> That's true, too. It's like, yeah, I guess so. Um, so here we are. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we that's that's all joking. You know, we're we're professionals, and we're we professionals. obviously plan for this, and we've been planning for it forever. And you know, we've we've really plumbed the depths of Babysitters Club mm-hmm. and all of the books. And but there's some the loose ends we haven't tied TV up. TV shows, and there's loose ends. You know, yep. we we're not like J.J. Abrams. We don't no. like introduce a bunch of plot points and yeah. then like yeah. abandon them. This there's is the something... polar bears. This is the polar bears episode. What? What? Why? Uh, why the polar bears? And now we're going to tell you. Yeah. Right. I didn't see the end of Lost, but I think that was a question that went kind I of. I think unanswered. the pol- polar bears are in purgatory, which well, I don't yeah. know what a polar bear has to do to earn a spot in purgatory. <laughs> yeah. But that, that must have been pretty bad. They eat penguins, I think. Okay, but why? Then they should just go to hell. Well, it's kind of fucked up. Penguins are like cute. Yeah. Well, yeah. who knows? Who knows? Um, we introduce an idea to you yeah many years ago at this point yeah uh well and sorry let me start over and introduced an idea to us yeah and then we um, we we were her um i want to say amanuensis but her avatars yeah we were her avatars to you we were the priests yeah, uh, yeah who yeah, interpreted yeah. her wisdom for you and at first it was an oral tradition for yeah. many, many years. For many it years, was an, it was oral, an tradition, oral tradition. But yep. now we have managed to capture some of this as scripture. Yeah. For the um, first time. I pulled the audio. I went back uh, and found when the the introduction of this concept. It's in two episodes. Okay. Do you want to hear and it? And do you mean the, the concept of the character being who she is or the concept of you writing, penning a novel about it? 
but they both like kind of happened. I was interested to go back to see how it happened, and yeah. it was to hear our young voices, so naive. Yeah. Um, and I think I found it. So okay. the thing is, and you know from the title, it's a time to Kilborn. We've been talking about this for, literally for years. Many Shannon years. Kilborn is a is an important babysitter who doesn't get a lot of prose time in the text. Yeah. Yeah, she yeah, yeah. doesn't get a lot of screen time. Well, and it's for good reason. And it's for good reasons because she's a secret agent. And the yeah. story about her um, doings as a secret agent is called a time to Kilborn. Let me let me share my um, audio with you that I've pulled. Okay. Okay. So I've pulled two clips. This one's 48 minutes long. That's probably more than we want to commit to right now. <laughs> it's content craving, man. <laughs> okay, you ready? Listen to this. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is um, this is Babysitter's Club Club, episode 33, book number 32. Okay. Do you, do you remember which book it was? Um, somehow I didn't actually capture that. I think it's, it um, is Christy and the secret of Susan. Christy and the secret of Susan. Correct. Ready? Yep. Like in these intros, in these fucking like recaps of what the babysitters club is, we learn every single goddamn week that yeah. Shannon Kilborn is a That's emergency reserve babysitter. Right. Not, not a peep out of her. I haven't seen her in, in. I'm going to say 20 books. Yeah. She's like go- essentially gone missing. Right. Why do you keep talking about Shannon Kilborn if she... What are you hiding? Yeah. What are you hiding? Maybe Don't go to Shannon's house. She's definitely there. Yeah. <laughs> she's, she's obviously there. You would know that. She's one of our associate babysitters who right. we call all the time, except in these books about our lives we where we detail her. like every little piece of minutia in our babysitting existence, Yeah, and she just never comes up. It just happens to be a suspicious mound of fresh, freshly turned dirt in our backyard. <laughs> yeah. Ignore that. It's just hamsters. The secret of Shannon Kilborn. I think she's probably fine. Yeah, she's probably all right. Okay, so that's the first... That didn't sound like us introducing her as a, a spy. It sounded like me speculating that maybe she was dead. That's the beginning of it. Then the... Okay. Um, the, the in Right after that, uh, number... 34, which is Claudia and the Great Search. It's actually book 33. I will forever hate us for the way we've numbered our episodes. Yeah, that's your fault. We get this passage. Shannon Kilborn even makes an appearance. In this she doesn't. She makes this weird appearance where they're like, it's almost like Princess Martin listened to last week's podcast <laughs> and was like, oh shit, I better start giving Shannon Kilburn jobs. And they're just like all these weird asides where they're like, oh, I looked in the diary and there are uh, apparently none of the seven babysitters are around. So Shannon Kilburn gets the job. And yet we still don't hear a fucking peep out of Shannon Kilburn herself. And it's also like a new made up baby that Anne just created. Just yeah. So like Shannon could have something to do. Yeah. Oh, man. I would read, if there was an entire spinoff series that was just about Shannon Kilborn, I would read the fuck out of that. Let's write it. What do you mean, read it? Yeah, let's write it, man. Okay. What are we doing with our lives? This yeah. is all we have. Wow. Baby Nation, if you want that, if you want Jack and Tanner to start penning yeah. monthly series about the life and exploits of Shannon Kilborn. Yeah. We're going to call it A Time to Kilborn. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Pretty good, huh? Yeah. All right, Baby Nation, if, you, if that's what you want, let us know. Hit we'll, one uh, on your touchtone phone now. Yeah. If that's what you want. <laughs> yeah. If you're like Kara and you want Tanner to find a new friend and start a podcast with him <laughs> or her, hit yeah. two now. 
if you want Jack and Tanner to do uh, weekly Warhammer 40k lore podcast, <laughs> hit three. Hit three now. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a lot of promises made. Well, I followed through on at least one of them. I did start another podcast with another person. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Because the iTunes, we, there was an iTunes review from Keru. Yeah. That was like, Tanner's great, Jack sucks. Yeah. And then you you did follow through on that. and I, yeah. yeah. And that's nice for a lot of people, I think. You know, I, I'm still sort of carrying the torch on Warhammer 40K podcast. Yeah. I would love to do that. I think it's Just a crowded field. Of the lore. Um, yeah, maybe, but so yeah. is romance novels and, you know, look where we're at. That's where we do seem to be headed. Um, so Invaded that's, uh, that, that as far as I can tell is the origin of our discovering that Anne had intended for Shannon to be a secret agent spy and, uh, that the story that must be written about her would have to be called a time to Kilborn. And now we're de- finally delivering on that promise. Yep. Um, it just, it took us a while. I have spent some time, yeah. Jack, I would say, quite a bit of time, mm-hmm. inspiring you, Yeah, I would say, sort of being your muse, kind of bouncing ideas, being, being like a sounding board you bounce ideas off of. So in the same way that I claim equal credit for conceiving and birthing my son, Miles, mm-hmm. much to the chagrin of my wife. Yeah, I'm going to claim equal credit for writing. Yeah, the this, intro. Yeah, to a time to Killborn. Okay, I think I am as responsible for this. You bir- we birthed this together. We birthed this yeah. together, and then yeah. I wrote it. I did write it, and then yeah, you and were I supposed to illustrate we, it. We remember, it. and then you were supposed to illustrate yep. it, and you never did, we, and you never even read it. it. So this is going to be new to you. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah I yeah. wrote it shortly after this episode. That episode we just played a clip from. I wrote it that month. I would, like went down and 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 thought about it and spent some time yeah, I know. inhabiting I her there. mind. I was there. And I wrote it. Yeah. Yeah. I was right there next to you. You know, um, carrying so you. It's it's also floated around. Like occasionally, someone in our Facebook group will be like, "Whatever happened to a time to Killborn?" And I'll just like copy paste the um, the entire text of the thing I wrote that the idea was you were going <laughs> to illustrate it and you just would never fucking no, knew I it. wouldn't do that. I'm not an illustrator. <laughs> so some people have read it before we um, before we get to that content. I'd like to play a uh, quick game with you. That is a new segment. I want to play a game. Um, and it's called, you ready for this one? Yeah. It's called. Is my dad a spy? Is your dad a spy? Yeah. Is my dad a spy? You and I have a friend named Dave. Yeah. Who we used to work with, who had this theory that no one actually knows what their dad does for a living. <laughs> yeah. Everyone knows what their mom does for a living. No <laughs> one knows what their dad does for a living. Yeah. And I guess like this is a pretty relatable game. Though. Yeah, it's a relatable game. And yeah. it's and it's relevant to the content at hand because Shannon's, you know, most people are like, I think she's an associate babysitter or something or <laughs> an emergency reserve babysitter. No, she's a fucking secret spy. She's a spy. Let me. So it's it's for me to tell you some facts about my dad, and then for you to 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 decide at the end of this game is my dad a spy? Okay. Okay. Here's the first. Here's the fact that I'm going to tell you. You ready for this? Yep. Here's a fact. Should I do my dad too? 
You, we can do your dad after, but my one I think is maybe is, it's a it's a, a live question here. The Shining Path was a guerrilla insurgency in Peru, designated mm-hmm. as a terrorist organization for its brutal attacks on citizens from 1982 to 1992, when its founder Abimael Guzman was captured. Okay, Tanner, why do I know this? And I'll tell you. Is your dad Abiel Guzman? No, we know who he is. I think he's still in prison. Okay. Um, it was a pretty common topic at the dinner table in my house from 1982 to 1992. Okay. Um, and Just something you guys like to, to check in on and, and kind of rap about. I talked a lot about the shining path. I was a fairly young lad, but it came up a lot. And okay. one of the reasons for this is uh, my dad would often go, and they this is what they called it, on mission yeah to peru okay during this time so he was a missionary no he's not a missionary okay definitely not a missionary he's i know that he's a a non-believer okay and when he would go on mission he went under an assumed name so we had to learn his assumed name for when we would call him at his hotels okay those are the kind of the facts that I, at the time, I was just like, that's what my dad does. But now I'd like to ask you this. Is that's my dad a spy? Damning. That is pretty damning. Because <laughs> we read a book about this. And then he stopped the babysitter's around 1992 Hawthorne. when The Shining Path was finally kind of defeated after the capture of its And then theater. what did he do? Um, he's, I think he started going to Brazil <laughs> on mission around that time. Okay. <laughs> I think your dad might be a spy. You've always told me your dad is an economist. Yeah, that's what he told which me, Which is too. good spy cover. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because no one will question that. They're like, I don't know what that means. Like, what does an economist do each day? No one knows. Well, they go on, mi- as far as I know, they go they on go mission to Brazil a lot. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In Peru. Yeah. Okay, cool. So yeah. old Jeff Shep, the, yeah. or the, the man I know of as yeah. Jeff Shep, yeah. might be a spy. Might be a spy. Do you have more? Um, that's the, that's the strongest one. The assumed name and the freaking shining path. Okay. You know, that's the, the, you know, there's a lot of, he's always, he was always flying, um, around the world on mission. Yeah. Um, throughout my, uh, up until I was in college. My dad works at John Hopkins Applied Physics Laboratory. Okay. He, in the nineties or yeah, in the early nineties, worked at the um what's the digital fortress dan brown nsa nsa yep okay uh he has a black belt in taekwondo okay um (laughs) wait your dad worked at the nsa yeah in the early 90s and he has a black belt in taekwondo yeah and i think at john hopkins applied physics laboratory which Here's some of the just some of the things that John Hopkins Applied Physics Laboratory is known for. Yeah. Here's some of their work yeah. from their website. Okay. Air and missile defense. <laughs> Cyber operations. <laughs> Homeland protection. <laughs> Precision strike. Okay. Sea control. <laughs> sea control. <laughs> okay, so I think your dad is a spy. He might be. A and that's spy. why we're drawn yeah. to this stuff. That's why we can see this stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, he never really, he never trotted out his 
his black belt all that much or any of the the sort of skills. Well, you're not supposed to. If your body is registered as a lethal weapon, which it sounds like your dad's is. He had a pair of side... what what are the things that Raphael had? Sides? Size, yeah. He had Size. a pair of those when I was growing That's up too. Cool, they were man. badass. Fuck yeah. yes. Maybe they know each other. Raphael and no, my, my dad. dad, our dads. Oh, our dads. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds like your dad was kind of maybe the. The guy who like stayed in the van and did like the computer stuff, and no, my dad was out that's there. That's not like, he inf- infiltrating. My dad is infiltrating, and then when he's like done the hard work of like winning over the fucking diplomat to turn coat, your dad like fucking drives the car to make sure that he gets across the border. Your your dad is there winning over the diplomat, shaking his hand, and all of a sudden a, a sigh bursts through <laughs> the guy's chest. <laughs> And a spray of blood goes all over yeah. your dad. Thanks for messing like, up the mission. What are you doing, Ringarude? <laughs> <laughs> My dad's like, I don't play by your rules. Yeah, great. That's cool. Our dads are cool. Yeah. Our dads are awesome. <laughs> They're like the the um, old the Expendables. Yeah, I mean yeah. they weren't in the eighties. They were just like the, no, they were young they men were, back then. Yeah. but very cool, very cool dads. Um, and this has been Dad Talk. <laughs> dad Talk. Um, so we're going to read, um, do we need to set anything up for why? So Shannon Kilborn, she's a super spy. We need to flesh out her story a little bit. Um, okay. She is a spy. She, she can never make babysitters club. I'm glad you fleshed out the story a little bit. She can't, she can't go to meetings and she can't babysit. Yeah, she can't. She's always busy and she always has some excuse. Oh, I have flunch class. I have, you know, like ceramics. Yeah, honor like, society. Always something. She's always talking something about that was it's yeah. it's something that's so boring and mundane that you would never think to to check in on it, you know. And that's how you you know you don't you don't use a cover story that's like so unbelievably complicated that like people would would sort of question it. You want to go with the mundane stuff, yeah. you know. But that's she also how you get by she also by. wants to be a girl and have a, have friends and like she is a thirteen year old girl as far as we know. And sure. so she's like sure. wants to she's be. She's excited coach. to be part of the babysitters club, but it really is not jiving. She's with afraid her. of what she'll do around them. You know. Yeah, yeah. She her body's she's afraid of registers a, a lethal weapon. What if someone accidentally says her her like kill word? You know. Yeah. No. Exactly. Yeah. It sets her off. Well, we know because we read Shannon's story. I went back a little bit to look at the lore here, um, and Shannon's story is a portrait. It's no. It's a standalone. Um, story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if I'll remind the you, reader's request, I think what we discussed then. It's basically the story of Shannon's story is that she's in, at an assassin school and she's going on a trip for Operation What's Called M Day, uh, which I think oh, we right. we determined. Day? No, it stood for Mitterrand uh, that she was going to go and assassinate the French president, uh, right. François right. Mitterrand, uh, with something called or a Murder Day Dream Machine. Oh, like from uh, this is the passage. Chris Nolan. It could be from Chris Nolan. The sound of my father's car backing out of the garage is what woke me. I rolled over and squinted at the dial of my dream machine. Wow, I'd have to remember this if I ever considered being a lawyer. So that's from that book. So she's using this dream machine um, to go assassinate the French president, Francois Mitterrand. And uh, she comes from a family of spies and she goes to a school for spies. Yep. I think maybe the dream machine is have you ever seen um you know the character Winter Soldier from the Marvel universe? Yeah, I watched the the whole series about him. The reason he remains so young despite being born in like 19 like 20 or whatever is because 
when he becomes the Winter Soldier, they they put him in stasis, right? Between missions, yeah, which prevents him from aging. And I think maybe that's what the dream machine is. Okay, yeah. So she's she waking up in the lab, timeless. yeah, like surrounded by you know like guys in coats and machinery, yeah. And they're like putting the serum in her to like wake her up for her next mission, which of course is to go kill Micharon. Yeah, that's not how you say it. But <laughs> what, what did you say? Micharon. Micharon. <laughs> it's funny to hear you try to say it. Um, <laughs> I probably did a bad job too, French baby bees. Don't come after me, but it's better than what Tanner said. At least admit that. No. Um, tell us, rank us. <laughs> yeah, rank us one and, and two out of said who can French pronounce the name or... of the French president, François Mitterrand. <laughs> Mitterrand. <laughs> anyway, Shannon tried to, to murder him, and that's what M-Day is. Yep. And her mom is a spy, too. That's all we know. Should, I, should, we, um, should we read the story? Because I wrote one. Uh, yeah. You wrote the sort of intro, right? I wrote this years ago. Right. This is called A Time to Killborn. Yeah. But it's not like the full screenplay or the full manuscript. Yeah, it could be the preamble, it could be the preface, it's a, it could it's be It's a piece of it. It's a piece of it. It's just a, it's a yeah. it's a vignette. It's a window into the life of A Time to Killborn. Yeah. Yeah. Um so I was thinking we could do that and then we could spend the rest of the episode kind of coming up with another one. Or coming up with this the wrong word because Anne ha- already has this all planned out, but trying to divine what the next one should be. And then yeah, we'll yeah, do yeah. that. What do okay. you think? Great. Okay. Good. Here it is. A time to Killborn. Rendezvous with the Phantom. Epigraph. From Claudia and the Great Search. Dawn hung up, and we arranged for a sitter for the Delaney's, who live in Christie's neighborhood. We had to call on our associate members, though since the seven of us regular sitters were all busy that afternoon. Luckily, Shannon Kilborn could take the job. Agent Kilborn shifted infinitesimally in her camouflaged hunter's blind. Agency training had taught her to remain completely still for up to eight hours on a mission, slowing her breathing and her heart rate to create a state of intense focus and awareness while allowing her body to rest. But this was no ordinary mission, and she had been lying here, deep inside enemy territory, for almost two full days. As she waited, with patience born of the most rigorous training the United States government could provide for the world's most notorious criminal, the Phantom, who made his name with a series of disturbing phone calls and robberies in Connecticut, followed by a trail of bodies all the way to Mexico, to exit his lair, she thought about her life back home. They called her a snob back home. They thought she was too aloof, too disconnected. They ostracized her and gave her no respite from her dark thoughts, no comfort during the bad times. She wondered whether they'd treat her differently if they knew all the things she'd seen, all the horrors she'd witnessed at the agency, the horrors that kept her up at night, that kept her aloof, Disconnected. Snobbish. Just then, three things happened in quick succession. The Phantom emerged from his lair. Kilborn instinctively pulled the trigger on her precision marksman 308 Winchester sniper rifle with a Schmidt and Bender 6x42 telescopic sight. 
and the EE-8 military-issue field telephone in her kit bag began to ring, causing the Phantom to dive just wide of her shot and into his waiting limousine, which peeled out of the driveway, kicking up a cloud of dust that billowed and grew alongside Shannon's anger and frustration. Kilborn here, she barked through gritted teeth, pressing the EE-8 to her ear. A pause, then a sigh. Yes, Dawn, I'm free to sit for the Delaney's on Friday. Returning the phone to its case, Kilborn settled back in her hunter's blind and shook her head in bitter disappointment. Yes, she'd be there to take care of the Delaney kids on Friday. And she'd have to wait until next time to take care of the Phantom. I am on the edge. Jack? Yeah. Are you you can throw glad? away the rest of this seat. I'm not going to need it. Okay, because you finally read. You know it's what I like, mean? It's like four paragraphs. I sent it to you Just need five years front ago. front edge. Just need this front edge right here. I know. You also told me to read fucking Blood Song five yeah. years ago, and you told me to read fucking that Abercrombie book. The Joe Abercrombie book? Did you read any of them? Yeah. No. <laughs> They're so good. I'm on my own path. I'm on my own journey, Jack. Okay. Well, this was literally, as Baby Nation can attest, fairly short read. <laughs> yeah. But he never did, and I'm glad you finally experienced it. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back and uh, do another one. Okay. And we're back. And we're back. Yeah. So we now got a taste yeah. of your world that you've built for Shannon Kilborn. Yeah. She is a spy and an assassin. Mm-hmm. She's constantly on missions. Mm-hmm. Um, and then every now and then she will kind of get calls to, you know, sit for, for some of the kids and, uh, yeah. And we book. can, we, we can divine from Anne's writings, the missions as, as was the case in this last one. Right. So all we need to do is find, the Some right these... passages, and those are the cues right. to the world of Agent Kilborn. I think at, at the time of the, when you penned this in, in 2016, the, mm-hmm. the most nefarious villain we knew of at that point in the Babysitter's Club universe was the Phantom, Phantom Phone Caller. Caller. Yep. But since then, we met so many other sort of terrible villains. Yeah. And there's one that really stands out. I think he might be sort of the kingpin of it all. The Grey Man. De Graman, yeah. De Graman, yeah. Yeah. Is or that who you're going to say? Yeah. 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 De Graman. Yeah. No, I yeah. think De Graman is... The, the Phantom Phone Caller, like, probably works for De Graman, like, ten rungs down the line. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like all, it's like, um, all the pun villains who used to work for Carmen Sandiego, you know? Like, yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's equally terrifying. <laughs> yeah 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 let's let's look up some of them okay perfect that's carmen useful i think i think san that's gonna be diego henchman yeah great perfect the vile henchman mm-hmm. and they worked for a company called vile v-i-l-e do they work for Jacqueline carmen san diego or they worked against her bugs zapper no they okay. work for her they work okay. for vile v-i-l-e and so she's evil Robo Crook. Yeah. 
Vic the s- Slick. That feels a little charged. <laughs> Robo Crook. Robo Crook. Servile. They didn't a put a lot of time or effort into <laughs> any of these names, did they? I thought they had better names than this, but I guess not. <laughs> I mean, I guess they were good enough to make you think they were good in like yeah. 1985 or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'm just looking at the wrong list. That sounds about right to me. Um, but yeah, no. You've Dr. Met, Sarah we, Bellum. Okay. Okay. There we go. That's a good one. That's great. Yeah. Ace Bandage. Anita yeah. Day Off. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That was worth it. Amphibian? I don't know that Jesus. one. Jesus. Amphibian. It's a, like a frog. Oh, Amphibian. Yeah, yeah, that's not great. Decryption? Um, yeah, it is like that. And I think you've made your point. <laughs> <laughs> These are good. Yeah. So Degrauman is going to be our um, our nemesis almost certainly. Can I read you? I've, I've pulled a few passages of um, that we might be able to kind of bounce off of. Okay. Um, we can pick one. This is from, here's the first one. This is from Jesse and the Bad Babysitter, uh, Babysitter's Club number 68. You ready? Yep. Since Dawn left, we had been calling Shannon and Logan more than ever before. Unfortunately, Shannon was super busy with her school's honor society and wasn't available as often as she used to be. Okay. I feel like there's some ballast there because the, what the fuck is the honor society? Right? I know I know the term honor killing. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know if I actually know what it means. Yeah, it's bad. It seems bad. Yeah, it is bad. So maybe that's what the honor society is. It's like people who have done honor killings. It's an ancient society. Yeah. Let's look it up. Uh, honor killing. I do know what an honor killing is, and it's not nice or fun to talk about. Oh, yeah. This is, this is tough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. Yeah. But it kind of seems like the kind of thing she would do i think you could have an honor society that like look it's maybe it's for the honor of the templars yeah and he's still reading about it it seems like he's making Ooh. funny faces yeah it's bad it's tough that's tough stuff yeah um let's not do that yeah maybe the honor society kills honor killers okay that's something that's yeah. cool that's they're cool. hunting down people who have done honor killings and they're yeah. assassinating them Okay, so that's number one. I've got two more. Ready? Yep. This is from Mallory on Strike, uh, Babysitter's Club number 47. It's a classic. I'm sorry, Marianne, I said, but I have to turn this one down. Everyone stared at me in surprise. Do you have another sitting job? Stacy asked. Fuck you, Stacy. Leave Mallory alone. Yeah, sorry. you got another... Yeah. Peer pants. Yeah, maybe she does. Job? Yeah. And I know that's related to your diabetes, and I'm sorry I brought it up. I shook my head. No, I just would rather not take this one, if that's okay. Well, Marianne shrugged. Her voice trailed off as she studied the notebook. I guess we'll just have to call one of our associate members. Christy picked up the phone. I'll call Shannon Kilborn. She told me she needed some work. Wet work. Wet work. <laughs> I think that's what they call it when you go to yeah. murder someone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she was just like trying to like shoot the shit with Christy and she's like, Yeah, I need some wet work. And Christy's like, Okay, great, I'll fucking I'll throw you a babysitting job. And she's she's like, like, Didn't no. I just give you one like last month? <laughs> yeah. You're you're that strapped for cash and she's like, It's not about the money. <laughs> it's about the thrill. Okay, here's the final one. Jesse and the Awful Secret. This is from Jesse and the Awful Secret number sixty one. Nobody's free, said Marianne after checking the record book. We'll have to call Shannon. 
Everyone looked at Christy. She's usually the one to call Shannon since they're friends. Today, Christy cringed slightly. Could somebody else call her? She asked sheepishly. What's the matter? Asked Dawn. Lately, Shannon's been calling me asking if I want to go out and do things with her. Christy explained. Her schedule has changed, and she has more time on her hands. It seems her school friends are busy with other things. Shannon's nice, said Stacy. Don't you want to hang out with her? Not not doing the stuff she's... You ever watch that film Training Day? No, but I really want to. No one will It's really it good. You should watch yeah. it. Yeah. Denzel invites Ethan Hawke, I think, on his like first day as a cop, and it turns out that Denzel is a crooked cop and like yeah. does a bunch of drug deals and stuff like that and like makes him do heroin and stuff. And that is kind of what Shannon would have planned for a day yeah. out with it's training with Christy. Day. Yeah, she That's a pretty good. That's pretty good. Okay, so we've got three possibilities and we can choose from them. We can delve further into Shannon Kilborn's relationship with this mysterious assassin organization called the Honor Society. Yep. We can uh, see what happens when Shannon gets desperate for more wet work. <laughs> yep. Uh, or we could look into a kind of training day type of scenario uh, where <sighs> Shannon uh, inducts Christy into one of her um, secret uh, assassination missions. Let me let me throw an outline at you that, that sort of incorporates all three. Okay, perfect. Shannon works for the Honor Society. Mm-hmm taking out villains who do honor killings. Yeah. Which is nasty business. Yeah. And then she her partner mm-hmm. who, you know, is not named some some random anonymous. It could agent, be Tiffany. Isn't her sister called Tiffany? Might be Tiffany. Was brutally murdered. Oh, okay. <laughs> Let's not have it be her sister then. <laughs> yeah. Um so she she needs to find a new kind of partner and she needs to bring someone new into the fold. Okay. And the most eligible person she can think of, the most athletic, good grades, kind of responsible leadership. Christy. She's recruiting. is Christy. So she's trying yeah. to recruit Christy. Yeah. And she's trying to drop hints to Christy, like, hey, do you want to go and do something? Like, hey, have you ever heard of wet work? Like, mm-hmm. do you want to go make this happen? And then ultimately, the, the job is to sort of introduce Christy to the Honor Society and get her hands dirty a little bit with her first kill. Right. Okay. And then they're going for the kingpin. For Digraman. Digraman. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's good. They're on a flight to Stuttgart. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. His last thing in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. They pulled out that Carmen San Diego map. Yeah. (laughs) Shannon, you know, Shannon has some cover for Christy. Like, oh, we're going to go to Debate Club, Florida. Yeah. For a debate meet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But then she wakes up in Stuttgart. Stuttgart. Yeah, and it's time for a little bit of wet work. That does that seem good. all right? That seems great. Yeah, okay. doesn't have to be Stuttgart. It can be anywhere. I think Stuttgart is. Not, it's fun to say Dusseldorf. Anything else? Any other little tidbits that we need to include in here? <sighs> I can probably tell you a few more things about Shannon, just okay. in general, to refresh your memory. Yeah, of all the BSC members, Shannon is probably the most school achievement oriented. She's a member of the French Club, the Astronomy Club of which she's the youngest member and the vice president, the Honor Society, we know about that, and the debate team, and she participates in school plays. Well, that's all training, you know? That's all training, yeah. School plays is like disguises and and putting on different voices and stuff like that for yeah. subterfuge reasons. Yeah. Here's, here's a wrinkle that might be interesting, okay. is that Shannon has a 
shadowy contact who she gets like some some super genius who goes by like a pseudonym and only speaks through like a computer like ai Mm -hmm. so you don't know who she is and every now and then we kind of get a glimpse behind the like her desk and just see her hands typing away at a computer okay um and she's sort of her like oracle you know she's she's constantly in touch she's like inventing new gadgets for her that's fun She's That's like fun. helping her like through the like vents in various things, you know, like turning them off and pulling up schematics and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and you know who it is? Who? Janine. Yes. But no one knows that. Can I read you a passage? Not even Shannon knows that. Can I read you a passage to back that up? Yeah. This is from Farewell Dawn, number 88. Hi, said Farewell Shannon Kilborn. Dong? It, yeah, weirdly. Is it Ernest Hemingway? Farewell Dong. Farewell, dong. Farewell to dongs. Farewell to dongs. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's a beautiful novel. Hi, said we, Shannon. We must have made that joke the first time we read it, right? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, said Shannon Kilborn, who entered the room a few minutes after Christy did. I thought that was a little odd, since Shannon and Christy are neighbors, and they almost always arrive together. I stopped to look at a computer program Janine is working on in her room, she explained. Wow, I couldn't even follow it. (laughs) So maybe she does know. Yeah. She knows it's Janine. Yeah, she suspects. But so you're, once again, your your idea didn't come from just nowhere. No, no, no. It's It's all in the fucking text. Deeply ingrained knowledge of these books, you know? Like, that's in there somewhere. And I've just sort of like happened upon it in my own mind in my own mind palace that's pretty good okay yeah it's great so i i think we've got enough to be going on with and any other sort of wrinkles or any uh, anything else to kind of make it interesting i mean de grauman de grauman yeah de grauman any other villains maybe there's like a, a red herring villain oh yeah do you remember any other villains from the bsc series uh i remember the bone doctor from little sister Phantom phone caller. There's De Grauman. There's the cat thief. The, there's the bad girls. There's the bad girls. Oh, and the dog thieves. And the well, there's a lot of villains in the mysteries. Right. Yeah, we'll see if we can sprinkle some in there. I'm gonna have to do this um, all. Um, I guess maybe tonight. So let's. You know, we don't want to have too much content. <laughs> we don't want it to be too complicated, right? Yeah. All right. So I feel like I've given you once again, kind of helped yeah. you. Yeah, you know, two fe- two sets of footprints, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, equal, so in this scenario, there are, there are just two sets of p- footprints. Someone is looking at the beach, and they're like, "Wow, there's two sets of equal footprints the whole it's way." Two sets of fo- footprints here. Yeah. yeah, and I and I was like, "Yeah, that's where I helped." That's where I helped this a lot. Book. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, perfect. I was there every step of the way. Okay, great. Well, I'll um, we'll do that. One point, there's only one set of footprints, and then the person was like, "What happened here?" And I was like, "Oh, I left. Yeah. <laughs> I had a basketball game to watch." Yeah. Um, speaking of the basketball game, you have to watch. Um, I will just say that here is the second fucking installment, long awaited, of a time to killborn. I hope a you time like to it. Killborn, and it's you know that it's a gift from us to you, and I, yeah, we I both hope you did enjoy. It this work that i i work so hard on so yeah please please enjoy a time to killborn the gray man of stuttgart epigraph from 
Mallory on strike. I'm sorry, Marianne, I said, but I have to turn this one down. Everyone stared at me in surprise. Do you have another sitting job? Stacy asked. I shook my head. No, I just would rather not take this one, if that's okay. Well, Marianne shrugged. Her voice trailed off as she studied the notebook. I guess we'll just have to call one of our associate members. Christy picked up the phone. I'll call Shannon Kilborn. She told me she needed some work. Agent Kilborn was having a bad day. And for someone who'd spent the last week trailing the nefarious agents of Die Graumann through the fetid sewers of Stuttgart, that was saying something. But the conversation she'd just had was enough to unnerve even the youngest ever graduate of the Honor Society, an elite squad of CIA-trained assassins dedicated to ending the reign of terror caused by Die Graumann's depraved and appallingly misnamed honor killings. She'd received the call through her wrist-mounted Land Warrior Integrated Comms Unit, just as she was setting out in pursuit of the bionic naval weapons experiment gone horribly wrong and known now as the Surfer Ghost, which meant that it could be only one person. The Janinius. Nobody knew who the Janinius was, but Kilborn had a guess. She'd stumbled across a dangerous and highly advanced computer program at her associate Claudia's house once that could only be the work of someone with an IQ of 160 or above, higher than that of Stephen Hawking, Albert Einstein, Galileo, and Ashton Kutcher. But that was a different mission. The processed, robotic sound of the Janinius shook her out of her reverie. Gilborn! The emotionless voice grated in her earpiece. Your partner has been brutally murdered. It looks like the diabolical work of the lighthouse ghost. You'll need to find someone to replace him immediately. My prediction algorithm says this person should be a highly athletic overachiever with a proven ability to think outside the box. If you're going to have any chance against the Grauman. Kilborn's display blinked off. As troubling as this news was, Kilborn breathed a small sigh of relief. At first, she thought the Janinius was referring to her sister, Tiffany, who sometimes accompanied her on her most dangerous assignments. But it sounded like the lighthouse ghost's latest victim was her new partner, a wet-behind-the-ears CIA recruit she'd been working with to solve the gruesome mystery of the stolen hearts. She grimaced, thinking about the irony that, given the lighthouse ghost's M.O., this poor sucker had likely had his own heart stolen. Permanently. But she didn't have time to worry about that now. How the hell was she going to find someone with the right set of skills to help her finish this mission? Just then, her comms unit beeped again. The call was coming from an unsecured civilian line. Kilborn here. She barked. A pause. Yes, Christy. I am looking for some work. Wet work, to be precise. Another pause. No, I don't mean lifeguarding. Oh, I see. Mallory's not available? I'll be there. As she flipped the handset on her land warrior unit to off, she began to think about the person who had just called her, Kristen Amanda Thomas, a highly athletic overachiever 
with a proven ability to think outside the box. Suddenly, Kilborn knew exactly what she needed to do. Okay, wow. Tour de force. Yeah, nailed it. Yeah. Um, let's go. Let you Go watch your basketball. Okay, thank you. Yeah, please subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com slash podcast. We'll be back next week with, I think, the um, the official biography of Ann M. Martin. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we bought it. We were like waiting on all of the, the pieces that come together for our new podcast. So we're we're looking for stuff to do. And you realize we missed a whole dang book. Yeah, a whole book. The unofficial o- official biography of official. Anna Martin, written yeah. by, I can't remember who wrote it, but it's a, a it's public, very official uh, sounding person. Published by Scholastic. Yeah. You know? So this is the real deal. This is I've the real looked, deal. I got it and I flipped through it. Yeah. There's a lot of pictures. <laughs> Good. At Good. some point, there's like a spread where it's, Anne's school pictures from like kindergarten clear through like high school. It's pretty wild. I think we're going to discover a lot of fun stuff. I cannot wait. Looking forward to getting to know you better, Anne. I know you're a listener. Jack, I'm going to go watch basketball. Great nation. Goodbye. Goodbye. Uh, I'm Jack. Do you, we'll do the outro. We're we're back in Babysitter's Club. Oh, cool. Oh, that sounds fun. I would like that. I can do the outro again? Yeah. Well, in that case. This week, all that remains is for me to say that I have been, this week, Jack Alexander Shepard. My name is Tanner. Please do remember to round off the corners in your bedroom, drown all your dolls, call your senator, and demand your right to bear time. And do not forget to let Daddy love you as much as I do. Remember the Delaney's. Remember the trip man. Take your dream horse through that maze. Claudia is wearing a bra now, and the way she talks, you would think that boys had just been. I think I got it the wrong way around. Let me see if this works. Ready? Yeah. I did such a good job of this. Okay, let's Who's try Gazi this. Who's Kunkka? Gazi Kunkka. I can't get into it. So this is book number, this is book 33, episode 34. Okay. Let's hope this is it. What the hell? <laughs> oh, I know what it is. I know what happened. Great. This is th- th- thrilling Shh. audio. Don't. This was a no whammies episode, by the way. Not anymore, my friend. So this is a basketball game to watch. Be very.